Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Uh, good to see you all here today. Lots of beautiful faces, some new people I haven't seen before. It's really good to have you here. We are happy to be sharing this piece of your day and your week with you. Um, have you been enjoying this called series? Yeah? Uh, if you haven't heard some of the messages, they've been fantastic. You can go back on our podcast, listen to them, and get kind of the context of the entire series. But we do really believe that when we throw words around like called, there's some real depth and significance to it. And I think we can say them quickly without really knowing what we're saying. So go back, listen to the messages. We talk about our identity in Christ and, and different areas that are really meaningful. Can I just pray with you right now before we begin? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you bring truth every time we open it. Uh, You are knowable, God. You bring uh, direction. You bring clarity. So right now, uh, that you would, Holy Spirit, cut through any distractions that may be in our hearts and in our minds, the busyness that's going on from the week we had or the week to come or the morning that it's been, God, that you'd still our hearts to hear your Holy Spirit speak. And that uh, you would let our, let our hearts be like good soil where seeds are planted and it, it grows a harvest with bountiful fruit uh, for days and years to come for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, open your Bibles. We're going to begin. I uh, want to read with you 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 9. 1 Peter 2. Verse 9, and it'll be up on the screen as well for you if you don't have your Bible. But I always, I always like having a Bible in my hand, reading it. You can mark, up, mark it up, take some notes, underline things that stand out to you. Okay, here we go. First Peter 2, are you there? I'm there. You're there, thank you. Awesome. Let's read. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. It says this, Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers, not like aliens, like not that kind of thing, but as aliens, as foreigners uh, (laughs) in the world, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. I have that circled in my Bible, war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans, people who don't believe in God, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. What a, what a passage. Peter doesn't, uh, doesn't waste any time getting right into it. Is Interesting words that are used here, like you are a people called out, you're different. Some translations say a peculiar people, right? We're obsessed in uh, today's culture, but I think probably if we look back, always have been obsessed with being different, right? That word different stands out to me as we're doing this series on called different. And I think um, I can't scroll through my Instagram feed without... Um, without finding somebody's workout routine or pregame routine as being described as different, 
right? Have you noticed that? You see somebody who's just got this mentality that's different. It's like, oh, like Steph Curry's pregame is different, right? It's just, it's a new word that we've kind of adopted recently that just, that, that seems to uh, denote like excellence, right? You're, they're different. Oh, they're different. They just have a, they stand out different. I can think of, I can think of people in my life that I've noticed. I'm like, wow, they're just different. I just kind of want to be around them. You know what I mean? I think when I met uh, my wife, Brandy, we, uh, we were at camp, summer camp, teen camp, love was in the air, not really. Um, but but I, I remember coming back on a bus ride, and I had noticed her. I noticed her already. But I, I wanted to sit on the bus next to her, and I think we're coming back from the water slides, probably. Uh, those are the days, hey, the water slides. Anyway, probably three doors down was playing in the radio or something like that. <laughs> Hello, 90s. Um, but we were coming back. Uh, and I sat next to her. I'm like, this is my chance. And go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. No, anyone sitting here? Cool. So I slid in, sat beside her. It was about a f- probably a 45-minute bus ride and wanted to get to know her. And by the end of the, the drive, I had recognized something different about her. She talked about her life and some of the experiences that she'd been through that I would have considered just too much to handle at times, but she carried herself with such a grace and a wisdom and perspective and how God had been working through her. And she d- it was just different. I was like, and I got off the bus. I remember getting off the bus. It was right in front of the chapel. I remember right where I was. I stood out. It was August, and I, it was hot, and I was like, huh, I could see myself marrying somebody like that. She was just different, and um, I don't know if she thought the same about me, but I, I, anyway, I thought the, I recognized her, because we have different can be good, right? Different can also be bad. We use the word different in kind of a negative way, right? Um, like Brandy, after we got married, she discovered that I was different because I snore incredibly loud. And she was like, ah, oh, that's different. Ah, oh. and not what I wanted or expected. But uh, we, we use the word different, I think, sometimes to mean, yes, negativity. I remember planning for my first missions trip when I was 19 years old. And our instructor said, you're going to go there. You're going to eat some food that you're not going to be used to. And you may not like it, but you should not say it's gross. You should not say you don't like it. You should say, oh, this is a trick. You can say, oh, that's different. <laughs> so it became like the inside, probably not so inside joke. Every college student is like, oh, cafeteria food is different today. Um, but we say, we say different meaning kind of a bad thing. I think sometimes it's awkward. Oh, they're just different. You know, you'd, if you've been to a, a new environment, maybe a new workplace, What's the first thing you do? You kind of look to see who's, unless you're incredibly outgoing and sure of yourself and you're stepping in, like, and you may be that. Most workplaces I've stepped into have been, okay, what's the, the lay of the land? What do people do? When do people take breaks? You kind of ask the people you trust, like, don't want to stand out in the wrong way. Don't want to be different in a bad way, right? Are you following me? Right. So we use different as, a, as kind of a negative, a negative thing as well. It can, can be awkward. When we talk about this, this passage that Peter says about being, you are a holy nation. That word holy, uh, he's referencing back into Leviticus. It's, the Hebrew word is kadosh. Say kadosh. Kadosh. It's kind of a fun word to say. And it, and it means to be like sanctified or like set apart for, for a purpose. So different. Okay. And when I hear the word holy, I think, okay, holy is used in a lot of different contexts. But it, it feels kind of like 
if I'm not careful, it can have a bit of a negative connotation or a very, like, sacred, untouchable connotation. You know what I mean? It's either, like, oh, like, oh, it's so, like, holier than thou, like, someone who thinks that they're just better than everybody else, kind of a s- spiritual snob, right? No. Uh, that's, that's kind of the, where I go. Somebody said, wow, that's, that, they're a very holy person. I, would, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you think different. My picture is, like, someone who's sort of otherworldly. They're just sort of floating and, like, not aware of anybody else around or anything. And they're maybe, maybe they're a monk and they live in complete seclusion. Or, um, or I think of, like, angels, like the cherubim angels, like, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And it's, like, kind of, like, otherworldly, right? And I think we maybe don't know how to wrestle with what does that mean for us today? How can, because Peter is saying, You'll be holy. He's not saying you'll be holy when you get to heaven. He's saying you are a holy nation. You are called to be different, right? So how does that look? And I want to d- dive into that a little bit today. If you're right, taking notes, uh, you could write this as your title. Holy, you're a good different, okay? You're a, or as I was, I was thinking, I'm kind of like, like, you're holy. You're like a good different, like that kind of a thing. Uh, but, but holy, you're a good different, okay? Because we don't want to be a bad different. We don't want to be a, that awkward, sort of untouchable, weird different, being like, hey, I love Jesus, but I'm completely unrelatable, and nobody's going to get it, right? We want to be a good different, right? So holy, you're a good different. So Peter is talking, he references back to Leviticus 19. and Leviticus 19, he's going way back. He's engaging his readers, and who he's writing to, by the way, is just uh, believers, spread all over. If you go to 1 Peter, uh, at the very start, it says, he says, to God's elect, strangers in the world. So people who have been set apart as different, scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, those are fun words to say, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ. So he's saying just anyone who believes, who's who has been... Uh, Part of, the, part of the Jewish nation who has been called by Jesus, part of the church. If you're part of the church, this is, this is for you. And he's saying, he's reminding them to be holy. He references Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19, if you go back there, it, Moses has just brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, okay? And he is, uh, he's, he's uh, met with God, and God has set up something called a Mosaic Covenant. It's like a promise to the people that he, he's... He's called them to be set apart. And he says, be holy. This is God calling calling them. He says, be holy because I'm holy. Be holy because I'm holy. Like, you are going to be different because I'm your king and I am different. You're going to be different than all the other nations. That's why when we read through, like, Leviticus, it's kind of like, they have a lot of rules. Like, why are they, why are they talking about, like, their clothing being certain fabrics and, like, all this behavior is so different. And, and we might in our context, be like, man, religion is obviously all about rules. Rules, rules, rules. No, but if you look back, the, the culture was saying, you need to be, uh, you need to be different. You're going to be odd, but that's okay because I've called you and I know where you're going. You're going to be set apart from the other nations and they're going to take note and eventually they're going to bring glory to me. That's, that was kind of the purpose of it all, right? So Peter's saying, hey, look back and that was called a theocracy, a theocracy, not a democracy. Theocracy is a nation led by God. So, so Peter's saying, hey, remember where you came from, okay? Remember where you came from. We need to be holy like, like God called us to way back then, right? And we fast forward 
maybe 1,500 years, that's what it's about estimated. Well, 1,500 years later, now we're into after Jesus has died, rose again. Peter is now leading part of the church, and he's saying, hey, this, this thing still applies. We still need to be holy. We need to be different, and we need to be set apart. So how, it kind of begs the question, um, if we're not, if we're not, don't want to be an awkward, weird, different, we want to be a good, different, how do we, how do we be holy? How can we be holy? That's really what, what it's about, because it's not an untouchable thing. It's not, um, it's not unrelatable. So if you're taking notes, First thing to write down, how can we be holy? We need to recognize it's in your DNA, okay? It's in your DNA, in your DNA. So meaning Peter has said to those who have followed Jesus or those who have come out of slavery or part of the Jewish nation who have come out of Egypt, it was called to you, it's in your DNA. Now that applies to all of us who have called, who called Jesus Lord, which is so exciting. So we have been now called uh, to be like welcomed into this family. It's in your DNA. You are, you are, if you call Jesus Lord, you are all of a sudden on your way to holiness, which is really exciting. Hey, you've inherited. We sang that beautiful song. Uh, thank you, worship team. Can we just give the worship team just some thanks? Um, love having worship team. You're, you're more than salad. You're, you're a main course too. I believe that. Um, but the, um, the, the one phrase in that song is, uh, you're my inheritance. And we have inheritance when we are part of a family, right? So God has called you to be holy. And the first step is just to, literally just to accept him. It's that easy. So it's one step into, into becoming holy. So exciting. So Peter says, it's in your DNA. Don't forget where you came from, right? Verse 10. Verse 10 right here says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Now you're the people of God. That's a pretty exciting title to have. It feels a little bit daunting, doesn't it? A little bit daunting. A little bit like, oh, I've got to represent God. In, in our family, we have, um, uh, with our kids, at certain times, occasionally, occasionally we have to correct them a little bit. Lovingly guide them, shepherd them, and occasionally... Um, Either Brandy or myself will say, oh, no, we don't do that, right? I'll say to, to Lyric, maybe my son said, oh, you know what? Rhymer men don't do that. So because I want to instill into him, like, this is, this is part of your identity. And this is, you carry, uh, you're carrying our family name. This is important. And I want you to bring honor to yourself and to our family and also to God. So I say, oh, Rhymer men work hard. We work hard. We always do our best. That's just what we do. And make that the normal thing. That's part of his identity. It's part of his DNA. And now, it's so exciting. It, it really is. It, if, you, uh, if you've called Jesus Lord, now you're kind of getting adopted. And the Bible uses a lot of terms. You've been adopted into this family. We have all the inheritance that were given to someone who is biologically a part of the family. It's, it's crazy. It's so gracious of God. Amazing. So he says, you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. And none of us has really earned it. That's the thing. I, I couldn't, it would be crazy to brag about having a certain last name. People do it, right? But it, it's kind of like, what did, what did you do to earn that? It's kind of like someone bragging about being tall. <laughs> I can say that because I'm not like, a, you've noticed I'm not overly tall. But it's kind of like somebody like, oh. Like, you didn't really do anything to earn it. You just had the DNA, right? You just, 
became that. So, but, but God has called, none of us have earned this, this holiness, but we've all been given it offered to us, right? Because he's the author of our life. So you may feel like, and I want to say this right now, you may feel um, isolated where you are. You may not feel like you are part of uh, the club or like you deserve it or you come from the right background or you've earned anything. But I just want to tell you today that you, uh, you have a place here. And, and Jesus is saying he's, he's always chasing you. He's always offering his grace. And he's offering the, the gift of sonship and daughtership. You, are, you, you have an inheritance waiting for you. You just have to receive it. So that's the first step. And I love how, I love how Peter doesn't say, be holy. So start by doing all these right things. It's not that. It's just, just accepting it. This is part of your DNA. Second, second piece of how do we become holy? We need to recognize that it's in your daily decisions. Daily decisions. Nobody wakes up and has now become the perfect person. If you look back in some other translations, uh, be holy as I am holy can be translated, be perfect like I am perfect. I'm like, oh, well, forget that because <laughs> I make a whole lot of mistakes all the time, right? But he's not, he's not saying be uh, be. 100% blameless. He's saying, like, be different, be set apart, make daily choices. So, verse verse eleven here. This is where this is where it gets real, and where now we've we've accepted our identity, accepted our DNA. But now it's kind of where the rubber meets the road because if you are a son or daughter of of God, it's like, okay, now let's let's see what we can really do. Okay, let's, let's, get, let's get moving. And it says in verse 11 here, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. We need to recognize that. Be, be, be assured, there is a war going on for our hearts and our minds, our attention, our behavior, our families, our relationships, our sanity. <laughs> There is a war going on right now for your soul. And it's nothing to be panicked about, but we got to take this seriously, that our decisions matter. Our choices matter. They, 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 they pull us in one direction or the other, right? And so Peter's, he's calling us to, to take sin seriously. Sin is not a popular word, right? It's, it's uncomfortable, Right? We can say, yeah, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's a passage that Paul said. And we can say it, but when we really examine our hearts, that's where the rubber meets the road. Right? And, and there's this process of becoming holy. Like, so it's kind of like we've been adopted, so we have the name. But now we want to start acting like our Father. Acting like Him. It's this process, and we've said it here before, called sanctification. Okay, so sanctification is this process of becoming holy, becoming like God. And it's instant. As soon as you say yes to Jesus, it's, okay, you are part of the family. And now, let's, let's clean you up a little bit. Let's, let's start to look like, like me. Like Jesus says to so many people, he's like, you are forgiven. Now go and sin no more. Right? He says, like, okay, pick up your mat and walk and, and follow me. Or now go and be baptized. It's this call to, you're, you're good now. We're good. I love you. You're accepted. So we should now, like Dustin was mentioning, we, we should offer thanksgiving, not just with our, with our mouths, but with our behavior and with our lives, right? So we live in a way that, uh, that is thankful and grateful for what Jesus has done for us. 
Right? So this these sanctification process happens and it is uncomfortable sometimes. It's it's painful. We have to we have to recognize there's two types of sin, okay? Two categories of sin. Uh, one is the sin of commission, okay? Not like commission for selling a, a phone at a booth somewhere. But sin of, or a car, sin of commission. That's something that you've committed, okay? So it's like blatantly I did this thing against this person, against this whatever it might be, I, I sinned. I did this wrong thing. And I think most of us, when we think sin, we think, oh, what are the things I've done wrong, right? Um, there's also a sin of, of omission. So the sin of omission is things that you've omitted. Like, I didn't do the right thing there. I didn't do anything, like, actively bad, but I passively let the wrong thing happen without, without standing up for it, right? So that's the sin of omission. And I want to ask you today, just to consider in your heart, I won't ask you to actually say it out because that would be a little bit awkward. But, like, let's examine our hearts. Even right now, today, say, is there something I need to stop doing? And is there something maybe I need to start doing? Something I've been putting off, right? The Bible says to, like, don't, don't avoid doing the right thing. Don't wait. Don't put it off to tomorrow when you could do the right thing today. So commit to today. This process of holiness can feel so daunting if we think, well, I just have so much to work on. That's okay. We all do. So start with one thing. Start with one, one thing at a time, right? Nobody ever expects you to go from, uh, from completely lethargic and out of shape to doing CrossFit competition somewhere. It's like it's this process. It's this regular daily get up, get your, your heart and your eyes and your mind set on the right thing. So let's think about, examine our hearts a little bit. What are, what are the things I could cut out and what are the things that I need to start doing? I've been putting off. I find that helpful in my process of learning holiness, trying to be holy, working at it. It's a daily, daily decision. Holiness is in our daily decisions. Otherwise, if you, if you think that we're going to leave the sin in our lives, but then just, okay, well, God said I can start first. So I'll, I'll add some things on top. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give. I'm going to serve. I'm going to read my Bible, do all the things that we think are the right things to do, right? But I'm going to keep living in, in that sin. I'm going to keep committing those things that I know I shouldn't. But I'm also doing the right thing, so God, it balances out. No, it's that we would never think of doing that in other areas of our lives, I think. Um, so, we, uh, so we've moved a couple times, our family. We've had a couple moves over COVID, which is a lot of fun. Eight, eight people. <laughs> so many times, Randy's saying. Um, so, we've, yeah, we've made a couple moves. We've lived in three different houses over the last four years. Um, when you have eight people moving, it's a, a, bit, of a, a bit of a chore. But, we, uh, but that, is, that is the life that we're in right now. And, uh, but we got to uh, this last house, the, the house we're in right now. Uh, it was great. We found the spot. It was close to our kids' school. Thank you, God. All that kind of thing. And we were really grateful. And about the first week, you know, you're in when you're like, yes, we found a house. Go good. And it's during COVID, so we're just going to we're gonna take it. You get it, and then you're like, I don't have, not like buyer's remorse, but I'm kind of, did you notice that over there before? I didn't, huh. I guess I'll have to, I'll, I'll tweak that. I have, man, my long list of, of, <laughs> of little fix-it projects. It never is, it never is short. It's like, oh, that, this handle doesn't work. Oh, I'll, I'll fix it later. I got it. I got it, babe. Don't worry. Um, but we noticed this one patch of carpet in the one room. 
near the front of our house. It's like, oh, that, I'm like, I don't love how there's like that big brown carpet stain. It's not in the middle of the room. It's like near the window. Probably not the best. We should, did you notice that? No, I didn't know. Okay, well, I guess I should check it out. So I lift, try to pull it, and you lift up a little bit of the carpet right by our front, kind of our front door window. And it's like, oh, that is completely rotten out there. And it's wet, and it's, the, all the joists have been, like, are black and moldy, and there's thousands of ants all crawling around. I was like, well, this is a problem. Um, <laughs> this is kind of above my fix-it pay grade. Uh, I've done, I'm kind of handy, but I, I, when it's structural stuff, we should call somebody in. So they, okay, we got our landlord. They called him in. We have a great landlord, by the way, but he called this guy in. The guy came in. He's like, yeah, okay. Vacuumed up the ants kind of scraped away some of the, the moldy wood and then put the carpet back down on top. It's like, uh, so, so where did this come from? I said, like, where, where was, the, where was the, the origin of this stain? Ah, well, it might, it might, be, uh, it might be leaking from the window. It, it may have been from the eaves trough. Or, yeah, yeah, it looks, yeah, yeah, it's not good. And that was kind of it. He kind of left it like that. And I, so I was like, uh, okay, now we have a daughter who's, um, who has some special medical needs. So we're like, we should replace the carpet at least because there's like mold in the air and everything. So we, our landlord replaced the carpet, put fresh, beautiful carpet, plush, right on top of where it was. And we just sort of pretended like, I guess, nothing happened. And you know, we've had some rain over this last winter and starting to notice this new carpet has a little bit of a brown patch on it again. I'm like, huh. I guess it, covering things up doesn't actually fix the problem. <laughs> and we're talking about holiness. We're talking about root. We got to root out the sin in our lives. We got to rebuild with good habits. There's areas in your life right now that you're saying, just pretend it doesn't exist. Let's cover it up. And you know what? Jesus talked to the Pharisees about that same issue. He said, he's like, he says, like, you're like whitewashed tombs. On the outside, they look beautiful and pristine, but on the inside, they stink of death. And we need to take our sin in our lives seriously. And my goodness, God is really incredibly gracious with us. And it says, like, a contrite heart, he's never going to deny. So he's loving. He's humble. He's already gone to the cross and actually felt all of the same shame that you feel because he was carried the weight of sin. And he's saying, hey, just come to me. I'll, I'll forgive you. I can help you. Truly, he can help you. But we got to be honest with ourselves. We got to scrape out the rot, and we need to start building good habits. Good habits like getting some accountability in our lives, getting into the Word a little more, asking questions. Don't just, don't just ignore things that you know are wrong. Like, start dealing with it. Start building. And it's a, it's a, a slow process, but when you build with the right tools, uh, the satisfaction of a life built with God as the foundation is unmatched. It really is. Third, thirdly, the steps to becoming holy. How do we get holy? It's in our direction. Okay? So it's in our DNA. It's in our daily decisions. And it's in our direction. It's in your direction. So holy people, holy people are going somewhere. 
You know, the people that you're like, man, they are, those people, maybe it's not even around church, but like a business person in academics, in athletics, whatever it might be, like, man, they are going somewhere. You can just see they, they have focus, they know what they're doing, they have, they're living by a set of values, not being tossed around with their emotions, with what do I feel right now, uh, I guess I'll make this decision. It's like, no, it's like, this is how we make decisions, because this is where we're going, this is what our family stands for, this is what my, my plan is to get here, so you make financial goals to get somewhere, right? If you don't make financial goals and budget and everything, you're just, you're just going to live in the moment and not be as successful, not, not get to achieving the goals that you want. In the same way with our lives, with holiness, we, the holy person, the person working towards holiness is they're going somewhere. We have direction, and our direction directly influences our destination. And that sounds obvious, right? Like, oh, of course, I'm going in this direction. I'm going to end up over there. But I do think that we forget. And I think sometimes, I know sometimes, I, and maybe you, find ourselves on this kind of self-absorbed merry-go-round where we're saying, ah, I'm doing my thing. Uh, I know that, I know that Jesus loves me. I know that I'm going to end up there one day, but right now I'm just going to kind of have some fun or I'm just going to put off doing that thing. I just, I'm tired. I just, I don't think I have the energy uh, yet, but tomorrow I will. And we expect that there's going to be, the line's going to keep moving and we'll just be able to, oh yeah, hop back on wherever we were. But sometimes we miss that moment. And perhaps today, the Holy Spirit is prompting you to get off the ride, to get off that, get off the merry-go-round, start making some decisions in your direction on where you want to be. We, and this, this quote has been used by many people in different versions of it, but we, we need to not give up what we want most for what we want today, right? And discipline, holiness, a life of character is continuously saying, is my decision today lining up with what I want most? Because what I want now may be going in a different direction. And now I have to do twice as much work to get back to square one to then get to where I want. Let's make the decisions today that line up with what we want most. And Psalm, Psalm says, uh, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Not meaning, uh, say, Jesus, I love you so much. Uh, Poof, that's what I wanted. Thank you. It's not this like rubbing the spiritual lamp and a genie comes out and is like, oh, you said you love me? Oh, like God is that so like self-absorbed in that sort of an insecure way. Like, oh, he said he loved me. So what do you want? I'll give you whatever you want. I think we make spiritual puppy dog eyes at God sometimes thinking he's going to now grant all of our wishes. But if we delight ourselves in God, if we say, no, you are what I want most, no matter what, I know in my, I know in my knower <laughs> that that is where I want to be. That's the direction I need to go. That's my value. That's what I care about. Heaven is my home. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes says that, he's, that God has put eternity in the human heart. Isn't that beautiful? So if you're feeling today like, I feel restless. I feel like there's this longing. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know where I'm going I don't have any focus or purpose. I see all these other people, they're doing things, and why can't I? God's put, put eternity in our hearts. We're spiritual beings. We've create, been created in God's image for a purpose. And the direction we choose to go directly impacts our journey 
how much life and fullness we get out of that journey, and ultimately our destination. Verse, verse 12 here says this. It says, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. We're going somewhere. There is direction. There is purpose. You are called. You are called to a school. You're called to a job. You're called to a family. You're called to some great entrepreneurial ideas. You're called to art that is going to change the perspectives of people and how they see God and how they see themselves. You're called to make people laugh. You're called to be a joy. You're called to bring life. We're, um, our, in our family, we're, we're really aware of our direction, where we're going. Um, just this last week, we, <clears throat> we remembered our son, Harbor, who passed away four years ago. And when we talk about holiness, when we talk about how he's put eternity, he's put heaven in our hearts, um, it's really difficult for me to not be hopeful because I believe that heaven is our home eventually, and we've got it. We're going to see our son again. And Jesus is your hope for today. He, he gives us hope for today and hope for tomorrow. He's calling us to a direction. And he's not calling you to, to when we talk about discipleship, is this laying down of our lives for the gospel. It's taking up our cross and following him. The cross can be really joyful. And I want you to know that if you don't hear anything else, if you don't remember anything else today, carrying your cross towards Jesus daily can really be joyful. <laughs> He's bringing hope. Turn, turn with me to, to John 10. John 10, verse 7. We'll read it off the screen here. It says, therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Jesus uses this terminology. It's like he's a shepherd, he's kind, he's loving, he's wise, he's protecting, he's strong. And we're like sheep. So he says, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep have, come, have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. That DNA that we talked about. They will come in and go out and find pasture. That sounds great, doesn't it? This freedom that comes in following Jesus. And he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Some translations say, some, some translations say that I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. There's something right now that is wanting to war for your soul today. It's coming to steal from you. It's coming to rob you of your, of your joy. It's coming to rob you of your gifts, your talents, your identity, your money, your relationships. And it wants to leave you with nothing. It wants to leave you dead and lonely and sad. And maybe right now you're feeling that. And Jesus is so gracious and he's saying, listen, there is a place for you here. 
I'm, I've already died for you. I'm welcoming you in. You can come in the gate. Come on in. I'm not going to force you, though. And as we make those daily decisions to come to Jesus, day in and day out, man, we make mistakes. God, please help me. Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do them. I'm so, he says, what a wretched man I am. You ever feel like that? Like, I just, I want to do the right thing. I just keep screwing up. I keep messing up. keep hurting people I love. And Jesus said, those things are going to steal and kill and destroy you. But I've come that you might have life. Get back up. Ask me for help. I'm here. I'm here to make you holy. One day at a time, daughter. One day at a time, son. I love you. Hey, that's, that's, that's not how you need to act. You remember, you, you didn't have grace before, but now you do. So, hey, we, we, can, we can live more appropriately. That's not appropriate, but this is, and I'll help you. That's what he's calling to us today. He's so caring. He's so loving. He says, it's up to you to deal with the sin. It's up to you to come to me with the sin. I've already dealt with it ahead of time if you want to just accept, accept that forgiveness. If we could bow our heads from the front to the back of the room. You're called to be holy, a good kind of holy, a good kind of different. And maybe you're here today and you're feeling like you're out of place. Maybe you feel like you haven't, uh, you, you haven't asked God for help, or maybe you have decided to go your own way and you feel like, yeah, there's, I'd rather do my own thing. I'm on my merry-go-round right now, maybe later. I want to challenge you to ask the Holy Spirit right now and be open to his prompting. Maybe he's calling you to maybe he's calling you to turn to him today. In the stillness and privacy of this moment, if that is you and if you if you want to say, I'd like to start this journey of holiness. I'm not there yet. I'm not perfect. But I'd like to begin. I just ask you to just take a take a little bit of a step of faith and put your hand up. So I know I can I can pray with you. Thank you. See that hand. Yeah, maybe I want to pray with one other group of people today that if you're saying, I feel like I I keep getting on this merry-go-round, I keep falling off track, I keep forgetting my direction, I need to come back to Jesus. I I need help to be holy. I'm with Jesus, but I feel stuck feel stuck. I'm not feeling joyful. It just feels like this is really hard. If you want to raise your hand, if that's you, if you want help to be holy, help on what that looks like. Yeah, I see those hands, hands up all over. Let me, let me pray with you right now. And if, if this is the first time you're making a, a decision to, uh, to come to Jesus, uh, you can pray in your own words, in your heart. It doesn't have to be this, but I'll pray. And, uh, and you can kind of agree with me in prayer. Turn your heart to Jesus. You can pray something like this. Dear Jesus, I need your help. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for accepting me. Would you please lead me? It's as simple as that. And God, for every person here, as we are all on this journey, 
to discover you more, to know who you are, to figure out what life is all about. Um, Please help us. Help us to make the daily decisions, shine a light on the areas of sin in our hearts that we need to say, enough is enough. I'm cutting that out. I'm rooting out the rot, and I'm building up with good material, with good foundation. Help us to cut the things out that we need. Help us to start doing the things that we know we should do. And it really is for your glory. Give us the strength today to follow through with our commitments. And I pray that you would shine the light of heaven in our heart and make it burn so bright that we wouldn't lose our direction. We'd remember our white hot why is for your glory. It is for your kingdom. It is for the hope of heaven. And it's a life of fullness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you so much. Thanks for committing some time to be here. God has a great purpose for you. You're called, you're called to be different, the good kind. And we'll see you this week. If you're part of the team, come to team night, 7 o'clock right here. And Saturday for media training. That's all. Love you guys. Have a great week. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.